Dear listeners, are you tired of the endless cycle of fad diets and extreme measures? It's time to wake up to a better weight loss solution with Robody. As someone who's been through the ups and downs of weight loss, I know firsthand the challenge of trying to find what will stick. That's why if I qualified for Robody today, I'd jump at the chance for a scientifically backed program that supports long-term success. With Robody, you'll gain access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market, paired with personalized lifestyle changes. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. Say goodbye to the roller coaster of weight loss dreams and hello to sustainable, real results with Robody. Go to row.co slash snoozecast. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash snoozecast. episode is brought to you by our Patreon supporters and by A Sense of Belonging. Tonight, we'll read the third part to the classic 1847 novel Jane Eyre by English writer Charlotte Bronte. It is a story of a young orphaned girl who lives with her aunt and cousins and is mistreated by them. The novel is considered one of the greatest works of English fiction. If you'd like to find episode one, it aired on September 9th, 2019. Episode 2 aired January 29th, 2020. In part 2, poor little Jane is being held captive, what we might call now a timeout, in a seemingly haunted guest room of the mansion she lives in. Jane passes out in fright, and when she comes to, she is out of sorts and feeling unwell. The servant with a softer heart named Bessie is trying to nurse her back to health. Let's get cozy. Close your eyes. Relax your body into the softness of your bed. up and dressed and sat wrapped in a shawl by the nursery hearth. I felt physically weak and broken down, but my worst ailment was an unutterable wretchedness of mind, a wretchedness 
which kept drawing from me silent tears. No sooner had I wiped one salt drop from my cheek than another followed. Yet, I thought, I ought to have been happy, for none of the reeds were there. They were all gone out in the carriage with their mama. Abbott, too, was sewing in another room, and Bessie, as she moved hither and thither, putting away toys and arranging drawers, addressed to me every now and then a word of unwanted kindness. This state of things should have been, to me, a piece of paradise. Accustomed as I was to a life of ceaseless reprimand and thankless fagging, but, in fact, my racked nerves were now in such a state that no calm could soothe, and no pleasure excite them agreeably. Bessie had been down into the kitchen, and she brought up with her a tart on a certain brightly painted china plate, whose bird of paradise, nestling in a wreath of rosebuds, had been wont to stir in me a most enthusiastic sense of admiration, and which plate I had often petitioned to be allowed to take in my hand in order to examine it more closely, but had always his thereto been deemed unworthy of such a privilege. This precious vessel was now placed on my knee, and I was cordially invited to eat the circlet of delicate pastry upon it. Vain favor, coming like most other favors long deferred and often wished for, too late. I could not eat the tart, and the plumage of the bird, the tints of the flowers, seemed strangely faded. I put both plate and tart away. Bessie asked if I would have a book. The word book acted as a transient stimulus, and I begged her to fetch Gulliver's Travels from the library. This book I had again and again perused with delight. I considered it a narrative of facts, and discovered in it a vein of interest deeper than what I found in fairy tales. For, as to the elves, having sought them in vain among foxglove leaves and bells, under mushrooms, and beneath the ground ivy mantling old wall nooks, I had at length made up my mind to the sad truth that they were all gone out of England to some savage country where the woods were wilder and thicker and the population more scant, whereas Lilliput and Brobdignag being, in my creed, solid parts of the earth's surface, I doubted not that I might one day, by taking a long voyage, see with my own eyes the little fields, houses, and trees.